but there it is. Taika Waititi is my dad. <laughs> I've never wanted to have sex with a pot pie, but like, I'd have sex with that pot pie. <laughs> We're all weak to stepping on nails. Let me preface this by saying I wrote a script. Daytona Beach is like two mild inconveniences for being a post-apocalyptic wasteland anyway. So many of my tabs say semen. Are you guys ready for this weird horny adventure that we're all about to go on? You can't handcuff me for skanking. This motherfucker gaslights you. Diet Coke and Sorrow will be chapter four. And against all odds, Kyle, we became those swirly weirdos. This whole podcast is a very negative mouthfeel. Hello, and welcome to Debate This, the show where no one is right, but someone is definitely wrong. In this show, we take time out of our busy adult lives to talk about comic books, video games, and how I forgot I was hosting today's episode until I joined the call, and Todd asked if I had show notes. So buckle up, friends. <laughs> that seems like the right energy to carry into this episode. <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. That's where we're going. It's, um... It's a good good Sunday morning recording session. Well, I'll put it this way. Kyle was as prepared for this show as Pete Davidson was in The Suicide Squad. <laughs> <laughs> I can fill I can fill that that grimy hoodie. No problem. And by, and by that the answer is technically. He's technically prepared. <laughs> Pete Davidson is technically in the movie. As the endless pipeline of mass media continues to pump content directly into our veins and eyeballs, it's time to review a new superhero movie. And this time it's James Gunn's The Suicide Squad, starring too many people to list right now. That um, sounds about right, Id yeah. Idris yeah. Elba's in it, John Cena's in it, Pete Davidson's in it, uh, Sylvester Stallone, Peter Capaldi, and, and so, so many more people that we're going to end it there. Um... <laughs> So today I am joined by Matt, Ten-Eyed Man Cole, Andrew, Rainbow Raider Henderson, and Todd, Kite Man Thomas to talk the new movie, comparisons to the old movie, and things we hope to see coming down the line in the DCCU. Um, How's everyone doing today? Well, I'm awake, so I mean, there's that. Uh, I was curious, are these other DC heroes at the same tier of stardom as all of the fucking losers in the Suicide Squad movie? <laughs> Villains, <laughs> and yes. Got it. Okay, cool. Same, like, normal person with a, with a fancy backpack or powers that do a very specific thing level villains. Yeah. Got it. Kite Man has big uh, stilt man energy. Kite Man... <laughs> Is is DC's stilt man? Um, TBH Rainbow Raiders kind of an awesome name. Rainbow Raiders <laughs> yeah, too cool. good of a name yeah. for uh, for Rainbow Raider. Let's put it that way. Um, other options were Qu Crazy Quilt, uh, Condiment King, which I think we talked about before, and um, and there's there's another one. It's not important. Prankster. Yeah. Speaking Pranks of things not. we talked about before, did you guys catch the Calendar Man cameo in this uh, movie? Oh, I was gonna bring it up. No. Yeah, Andrew Calendar no. Man was in here. What yeah, was Sean Gunn. Sean Gunn's Gun. first cameo was Calendar Man. He's got oh, the mugs yeah. tattooed God. on his forehead. Amazing. I didn't so, even notice that. I didn't notice yeah. it when we watched the movie. Somebody on YouTube had to tell me, but it was pretty cool. Oh, that's yeah. Awesome. When 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 Polka Dot Man comes out and John Cena. Not that I'm gonna. I'm not gonna call Let's, him peacemaker. Before I'm gonna call we him John before Cena. we dive into this, um, this is your spoiler <laughs> warning. We are talking uh, yeah. the the new. Um, as of this recording, it's been out for three or four days. Um, 
the Suicide Squad 2021 movie. We're talking everything about it, including spoilers. So if you haven't watched it and you don't want things spoiler spoilered, uh, turn back now. Okay, Todd, tell us about John Cena. <laughs> Which we've already spoiled it, the, the calendar man's in this movie. Yeah, when, when Polka Dot Man comes out and John Cena's like, what does he do, shoot polka dots at people? And Amanda Waller just stares at him and he's like, he shoots polka dots at people. Uh, the guy that yells at him and says something mean, uh, that is calendar man. Like Matt That's said, so he has good. the months of the year tattooed across his forehead. Such a stupid throwaway. Yeah, the guy behind him is another throwaway loser DC hero, like Ace. He has, Ace is high. He, he rips skin off his off his body like cards and it's like gambit if gambit was in the body mutilation what's the isn't there an x-men husk is that what they're called the one that like pulls their skin off to become a new superhero it's like if gambit and husk became one you would get this shitty dc hero who pulls aces of spades out of his cheeks to throw at people yeah that comics comics are bad sometimes guys batman villains really are the best yeah (laughs) Um, um so we're gonna do it we'll do a I quick was, go ahead um, andrew i was just i just wanted to i just want to talk about this real quick i just watched i had never seen 2016's suicide squad oh and we will we will talk about 2016 suicide squad yeah i just moment, watched andrew. it it's not garbage <laughs> it's not good it's bad it's real bad um but we we will we will talk about that here in a little bit um, before we go in, before we do that, though, let's talk about the new movie. Um, we will run through a quick plot synopsis, and then we'll talk about the things we liked and maybe didn't like, and um, go from there. So it's it's Suicide Squad. Um, a, a group of super, a group of supervillains is put together by the the U.S. government in this case, or a shadowy arm of the U.S. government. Um, is told your head will be exploded if you abandon your mission and are sent on a a, a suicidal mission of of shadowy origins for the U.S.'s more nefarious interests. Um, we open with a team getting put together, including uh, a jail yard Michael Ro- or is that Michael Rooker? Yeah, that mm-hmm. Michael Rooker um, as savant. Michael Rooker as savant. Pete Davidson as um, Blackguard. Blackguard, Nathan Fillion as uh, TDK. TDK. <laughs> um, you'll have to help me with the names throughout through this part. Flula um, Borg was Javelin. Yeah, Javelin. We had um, we had Rick Flag reprising his role from the the 27, 2016. Yeah, Joel Kinnaman. Mongal was Joel also Kinnaman. there. I don't know. Mailing Ming. I think is Mei Ling. I think is her first name. And, Mongal, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. And Weasel, and Weasel, played by Sean Gunn, mocap is Weasel. Which this this may be a reference for me and me alone, but uh, Doug Jones has been like the motion capture uh, character actor for the last like thirty years. Um, he played like the the eyeballs in his hand guy in Labyrinth mm. and a bunch of other uh-huh. monsters that you would recognize. And I want Sean Gunn to be the new Doug Jones. Like, I never need mm. to see Sean Gunn's face again. Stick him in a mo-capture suit and make him run <laughs> funny, and I'm in. Oh, Doug Jones was uh, mo-cap Silver Surfer. Yep. Yeah. Wow. He has been everything. Doug Jones is in every movie you've ever seen. He has Anything that's not Andy Circus is probably Doug Jones. 
as far as mocap goes. So all these all these supervillains get broken out of or get taken out of uh, high security prison Bell Rev and put on a helicopter to their mission in Cordo Maldives, um, where they are to. Um, I've I've lo- I lost the thread of what they were told, but you know they're they're dropped into the ocean, the, storming a beach. It super doesn't matter, and, yeah. and like the the movie the movie signals that it doesn't matter because it's just like it doesn't. They're going to the, another Spanish island. Who cares? It's like a bunch of Metal Gear Solid plot. Like nobody cares. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it it super doesn't matter because in five minutes all of these characters die on that beach. Um. Which leads me to my first question that I want to do before we get in any deeper in this plot synopsis. I want to know who was on everybody's list that made it to the end of this movie. Because I went into this movie with an incredibly short list of people that I thought I had or I thought had plot armor, and I was still wrong. Uh, and I'm really curious <laughs> what everybody else thought. I to to answer your question just briefly, I from all the things they had shown, it was pretty clear there were going to be two teams at some point. And I had assumed kind of what happened would happen, that the one team would get wiped out nearly entirely, except for Margot Robbie. Yep. Um, because obviously Margot Robbie. And then uh, all the footage that was being shown as like the end game fight was all the people that weren't on one specific team. And so I assumed all of them were a wash. Um, I didn't see Polka Dot Man dying, and I was really sad when he died. Yeah. Like, <laughs> po- Polka Dot Man's death like hit me harder than some other MCU deaths I've seen. And I was yeah. like, that's a real bummer. Like, he was such a good James hero. Gun, baby. Yeah, man. Yeah. We Matt and I saw this in the theater, and uh, we like audibly yelled. <laughs> we were like, no! <laughs> Apparently, James Gunn, uh, he did an interview where he said an early cut of the script had them killing Ratcatcher 2. Oh, and oh. and he he undid it. He was like, he was like, I couldn't do it. Like that was that was too sad. It was too <laughs> rough. It was too dark. I couldn't do it. Yeah. The one that really surprised me was Rick Flag. I thought Rick mm-hmm. Flag that was, was going to be the thread through all of these. And I thought yep. he had plot armor. Margot Robbie, I knew was she was the yeah. easy definitely has plot armor um she is she is the mickey mouse the tony stark of this of this universe now i mean she super is the other one that uh really surprised me that i didn't or that i thought we were gonna lose but didn't was idris elba i thought that he i thought he was gonna be the heroic die to save Mm. the mission the way that rick flag was because I did not think that they were going to convince Idris Elba to keep doing superhero movies. Especially with how kind of on the nose it was, um, as that character was as the like fill in for Will Smith's character. Yes. Yeah. Um, and that was Will Smith's character's arc. If had it been in this movie, like to a T, I had the same thought as you for Idris Elba. I was surprised when, when they flipped it and it was, uh, Rick Flag and then Peacemaker, but not really. Um, um, Peacemaker was one I thought would make it to the end, and it turns out he did, but not in the way I thought. And yeah. um, source question on source: uh, Bloodsport is Bloodsport supposed to be a Deadshot carbon copy? No, I think 
Oh, I thought that I thought that Bloodsport was just another like my my superpower is shooting. Well, so <laughs> yes to that. I literally ten minutes ago I watched a history of Bloodsport video on YouTube, so I'm nice. educated to answer this question. <laughs> First off, that video told me that there's a new Suicide Squad book in 2021, like a new series that okay. redoes a lot of these backstories. Because like Bloodsport, his thing years ago was that he was in the Vietnam War, he deserted the Vietnam War, his little brother went to the Vietnam War in his place, had all of his limbs blown off, and then Bloodsport went crazy because of his brother's sacrifice and just started, like, murking innocent people. And then Lex Luthor gave him a bunch of expensive guns to kill Superman, and he said, I'll kill Superman and everybody else I see, and continued to kill innocent people until Superman beat the hell out of him. And so New Blood Sport is like pretty similar, but doesn't really have any powers outside of the power of gun, except that Amanda Waller has given him all of the tech that we saw in the movie, mm-hmm. including his like his real magic power is that he can just like summon weapons from a <laughs> undescript <laughs> faraway place that yeah, comes he's got straight the video to his game hands backpack. Yeah. because mm-hmm. technology. Yeah, That's Bloodsport ha- in He's got the power seconds. of hammer space. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we we see this team put together, to get back to the, the quick, quick plot synopsis, we see this team put together, they storm the beach, and immediately um, Blackguard, Pete Davidson's character, um, turns them over to the Cordo Maldizians, um, rats them out, and they all get killed on this beach, except for Rick Flagg and Margot Robbie. Um, we then cut to our our A team quietly infiltrating the island on the side that isn't swarming with um, with an uh, an army, and the the actual movie following the actual stars begins, and we jump back and get the backstory to the forming of this team, which same thing they're all broken out of prison, they all have a tragic backstory. Uh, we'll we'll talk more about that as we as it becomes important but the thing is kind of they don't all have tragic backstories which i gotta it's tell it's not I tragic gotta, yeah. yeah yeah like yeah, i gotta yeah, say yeah. I, i'm into that like blood like idris elba's like he he's he's will smith's character but he's like oh i'm just like kind of a dick yeah, well, yeah. and that's fine i think the the flavor they're going is him as a hired mercenary and like obviously they did the whole like he went he was in jail because he put superman in the icu because he shot him with a kryptonite bullet yeah. Which is like dope as fuck. Yeah. And, yeah. and and if you know, we're we're gonna talk probably a bit about this later, but if we think about how this ties into like the the universe of DC, which is a thing kind of, um, <laughs> you would you would probably make the connection that Lex Luthor has like paid off this guy and given him the tech to mm-hmm. put Superman in the hospital with a kryptonite bullet. Yep. Who's Lex Luthor right now? Who's currently playing Lex Luthor? Is that still um, Jesse? Jesse Eisenberg. Still Jesse Eisenberg, Eisenberg canonly? Yeah. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. In, in, until we see otherwise. Got it. Um, so we follow our our A team into Cordo Maldiz. Am I saying that right? I feel like I've said it differently every time. Yeah, Cordo Maltese. Cordo Maltese. Um, we we learn there is a military coup going on. We learn that. Our A team is sent in to bring back, destroy evidence of, do something with Project Starfish, 
um, which is our big, our big, big bad for the movie. And um, hilarity ensues, shenanigans play out, and and a good time is had by by all or most. They they plan a jailbreak to break out Harley Quinn. Um, that doesn't happen in a very funny twist. <laughs> um, Peter Capaldi dominates the screen for his 15 minutes of exposition dump and um, explaining to us what Project Starfish actually is. And then a kaiju starfish shoots facehuggers <laughs> all over this tiny South American island and um, our big third act kaiju fight happens and it's it's glorious um did i miss anything not really the power the power <laughs> of friendship was the real tool in our arsenal um, well yeah todd it's a superhero movie it's always also the power of friendship also the power of surrogate fatherhood yeah yeah <laughs> the, the james gunn special if you will yeah <laughs> yeah the james gunn superhero daddy issues comes back in full force from guardians 2 which I'm like cool with, um, but there it is. Taika Waititi is my dad. <laughs> um, um, I would also like to say, and this is a weird sentence that's about to come out of my mouth, but uh, Suicide Squad 2021 has the most tasteful Margot Robbie sex scene that I've seen in a movie. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's that. Yeah, and then she kills the guy, which is fun. <laughs> <laughs> I I did enjoy that. That whole exchange. Well, I'll talk about my f- thoughts on Harley Quinn in the movie, but that was a positive scene of, of hers. I enjoyed that. We're getting to the point where we're going to like say the things we loved about this movie. And I think like there were only two references to the Joker that I caught. The one is that you just identified where she's like, I swore that if I saw her, I'm, I'm not even going to try and do a Brooklyn accent because it's going to be like weird. Because that was a Southern, Southern accent. accent. <laughs> yeah, it was bad. She goes, she goes if, I, if I saw red flags, I'd take care of them immediately, you know? And I'm just getting really, like, I got to do that. And so that's obviously a throwback to the Joker. But also she had a jacket at one point that said, live fast, die clown. Yeah. Um, as opposed to her old jacket in the suicide squad that should not be mentioned where it was like property of well it was Joker her jacket was daddy's little monster and then she mm. had in 2016 a tattoo on her shoulder that said property of the joker and her tattoo gotcha. now says property of no one which i think mm. might have gotten updated in birds of prey but i don't I totally th- that, remember there were some i feel like there were some birds of prey call outs that i that went over my head because i did not watch birds of prey <laughs> I watched yeah. Birds of Prey and I didn't see too many call outs other than like she's free at the end of Birds of Prey. And when she got into the helicopter, Captain Boomerang was like, what are you doing back in prison house? And uh, <laughs> <laughs> she was like exposition. And he was like, great. Yeah, I, I got I had some road rage inside of a bank because I think is yeah. what she said. Yeah. Um, um, she, so well, Matt, Matt pointed this out, but that scene where when she has the javel, javelin's javelin. Um, and uh, she's breaking herself out of prison, and there's like all of the like the the artistic flowers and stuff that's mm-hmm. popping. That's what Matt, I thought. Yeah, Matt said that was a callback to yeah, it's, yeah. That's very Birds of Prey imagery. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I thought, but I wasn't sure because I hadn't seen it. But that's that seemed yeah. like it to me. She has a really similar scene of like walking down a hallway, breaking men's arms in Birds of Prey. It's one of the better and, scenes of the movie. And flowers pour out of every every wound she 
inflicts kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so let's get into the meat of this episode. Uh, what did we like about the new movie? Yeah. Um, I mean, the things I've said, my big takeaway from this movie, honestly, is that like, I don't think any character slash actor has deserved a redeeming shot at the character actor combo than Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn because Margot Robbie to Harley Quinn is as good a match as like Robert Downey Jr. is to Iron Man or, you know, any mm-hmm. of those like name an actor who just is the character. And the way that Harley Quinn has been portrayed in all the other movies has been not the best. Uh, and so I'm really <laughs> glad that we finally got a good Harley Quinn movie. And Birds of Prey was not a bad Harley Quinn movie. It was not a great movie. But Harley Quinn was not the problem. Uh, right. So I really enjoyed that. Um, I really enjoyed all of these like deep cut pre new 52 DC villains who like did not matter. Um, yeah. That was a lot of fun. I I got well, I'll save that for dislikes and I'll say that later. But um, I, I enjoyed the story. It was fun. We broke a lot of things. We killed a lot of people. Uh, And I'll say my like favorite scene of this whole movie was when uh, it was Rick Flagg and Ratcatcher 2 go down with the thinker into the basement of Jotunheim. The first time that they like see Starro and they walk through that prison of all of the like Starro zombies. And then off to the right is this absolute like macabre horror show of a corpse torso hanging and twitching with a starro head and like the there's a body on the table with a starro thing pulled away from its face but like still attached and that was all so like it was the perfect amount of camp um it was it was like walking through a haunted house where it was like oh i hate this but at the same time like it's fake enough that i don't believe it but my disbelief is suspended so i'm into it like i just really liked it um, I, I really enjoyed that. So, and the, the, the fun scene of everybody in the gentleman's club and David Malakian dancing with 17 <laughs> of his moms was chef's kiss. Yeah, that was great. Um, I, I really, after, after having seen 2016 Suicide Squad, <laughs> um, I really liked, I, I appreciated it a lot more, but I, I really liked that the Suicide Squad allows its villains just to be villains and that's okay mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. like you said kyle like not everyone has a tragic like the the previous setup was like everyone has a tra- tragic bad story we have to like Deadshot because he's a good father or whatever yeah. you know what i mean like we mm-hmm. have to like hate harley quinn because like she was tricked into falling into that pot, that vat of acid and making out with the Joker in a vat of acid or whatever, right? Like, or whatever the hell that was. I don't know. I was playing Monster <laughs> Hunter while I was watching it. That's um, pretty much it, yeah. 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 So um, I really like that this movie was allow, allowed or allowed themselves to steer into the skit a little bit and just be like, yeah, here's a fun concept for a villain. Like we don't have to like them. They, they can just be like, they can just create chaos and, and it's fine. Um, I liked that they turned the like, um, Will Smith's character is a good dad on its yeah. head with Idris Elba by having yeah. the, the fight with his yeah, daughter in the prison. Cause he's yeah, bad. That was dad. Great. He's yeah. a bad dad. And that's fine. Like yeah. he's a flawed character and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Like we, we, we can have like, you don't, you know, you don't, they don't need to be redeemable. They can just be like, 
whatever. Um, and, and they tried to do the like father daughter surrogate daughter thing with, with Will Smith and Harley Quinn, which was just like weird and stupid, but like <laughs> mm-hmm. they were able to, I think they did a really good job with rat catcher too. Also rat catcher mm-hmm. two is just like a good <laughs> name that they kept calling awesome. her rat catcher two through yeah. the whole movie. Yeah. Was, yeah. I like that a lot, but they were able to funnel all of the like tragic backstory, emotional tie, whatever, like sense of family into one character. And it worked. Right. Like we didn't need to have everybody doesn't need to be have this connection with Harley Quinn. Like she's just she can just be fun and crazy and stab things with a javelin. And that's OK. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I, I, I loved everything with Ratcatcher, too. I thought I forget her actress's name. I thought she was fantastic. I, I love the little bit of backstory we got with with uh, Hollywood's Taika Watiti because I love <laughs> Taika Watiti and he's just great. And yeah, that was excellent. Uh, Daniela uh, Melchior. Thank you. Catcher too. Yeah, I. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say that the thing that I liked most about this was the amount of character development they did. Um, so again, much like Matt had alluded to, David Desmalchian uh, as the as Polka Dot Man was my favorite part of this movie. Um, the the little bits they had given us in the previews, I was like, oh, okay, okay, I'm cool with this. And then uh, thinking about all the times he got to like steal the the screen just kind of informed my opinion here that like they did the right amount of character development for the main characters they were looking at good, bad, otherwise that they didn't need to give you, you know, copious amounts of flashbacks to Idris Elba's character. You got that. Like, like Andrew said, he was a bad dad and he was a hired mercenary who put Superman in the hospital with the kryptonite bullet. You got it. You're good. They don't tell us shit about peacemakers backstory. Other than he is also a guy with gun. Yeah. And you're like, okay, like he, he's got like a raging erection for justice, whatever that means. <laughs> and like, and, and again, like they, they show you this like man shark and they're like, yeah, he's, he's the, the son of a shark God. And you're like, <laughs> fine. All right. Okay. Got it. The- like they, they gave you enough that like you have three, one or two, like maybe three bullet points of reference for each character, but it's enough to inform why they're there, what they're doing, and you're in for it. And like they didn't need to give you this like long, tragic, drawn out backstory for each person that we don't care about, but it all still made sense in the end. Like even Starro, by the end of it, you're like, Oh, oh Starro. Well, yeah, it sucks <laughs> that you were brought into this, but also you're kind of taking over this country and that can't be good either. But anyway, we're going to stab you in the eye with a javelin that's gotten way more screen time than this it probably deserved to get. And it's really important, I guess. And like, I just I, I really thought that they nailed the characters and obviously a movie that the plot does not fuck all matter. It's the characters that you came to see. Yeah. And they just did such a good job with that. Yeah. I mean, it's the, it's the Guardians formula, right? It's the Guardians like, formula. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The biggest complaint I, I've seen so far about the movie is that all the characters do seem a little one note, especially once you get past the main four, sure. five. Um, that's the movie. We had, <laughs> we met like 12 characters up at the top. Um, yeah. There was if if we took time to make the to flesh them all out, it would have been a it would have been a really boring movie like the first half of 2016 Suicide Squad. Well, the other thing that I would add too is that from what I remember of the 2016 Suicide Squad, when they introduced the concept of like we have exploding things in your head, it's 
what's the uh, he Slipknot? Does that end up being his name? Oh, the, um, the, uh, uh, hang, s- hangman, what a grappler, <laughs> um, not not man, rope dude, oh, grave digger. Grave digger. He is in the, the movie for eight seconds, and it's the, only the, to prove like, oh yeah, there is a bomb. Like that's he's it. the guy that he's the guy that sells fireworks to Joe Dirt. That's who he is. <laughs> anyway, he. He is like, I'm right. Anyway, like, he tries to sneak away and they blow his head off and they're like, that's what'll happen to you. And like, that's the way the 2016 one is like, we'll kill you if you get away. Whereas this one is like, hey, here's the thing. You understand what's going on. Anyway, here's an awesome montage where we (laughs) want to make it very clear that all of you are incredibly expendable. Also, Michael Rooker, we're going to blow your head off as you try and (laughs) swim away into the open ocean. Um, so I'll, I'll wrap this up. Um, mm-hmm. I, I also enjoyed the new movie. Uh, my favorite part of it though, was more like the style. This was the mm-hmm. first superhero movie, especially that I've seen in a long time that had its own, its own flavor. And, um, it definitely brought things back from, from the previous, um, Birds of Prey and Suicide Squad movie. Like the, the title transitions were very from those movies right am i remembering that correctly um where like the title the the new scenes were announced like as part of the scenery i thought that was really cool but it was very james gunn at the same time Mm -hmm. same with like matt said like that walk once they get into jotunheim um very james gunn all the character designs um just have his fingerprints all over it and man do i miss watching big budget movies made by one person at the yeah. creative helm as opposed to a team of executives and their mountain of cocaine um because mm-hmm. yeah because it well, was just fun to watch here's such a small thing where i think we're going to talk a lot about comparing comparing the two movies but you know james gunn obviously like is known for his soundtracks right like that's yeah. that's a thing mm-hmm. he loves him some 70s music but you compare the soundtracks alone between oh the two God. movies and the use of licensed tracks and i when i was watching uh, 2016s i just rolled my eyes at all at like you know everyone I, I, was like the 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 most obvious song they could have picked exactly yeah in 2016 and just like guardians of the galaxy they were recognizable songs and put you like put you in the right headspace that he wanted for the scene, but you might not have known that song. Um, okay, so wait, Andrew Henderson, are you telling me that a headlining song featuring Imagine Dragons did not save the 2016? Uh, I've got Lil Wayne, Wiz Khalifa, and Imagine Dragons with Logic and Ty Dolla Sign. Oh God, yeah. you're right. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Look, I'm literally looking at the the video. <laughs> You're telling me that 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 didn't do it for you? Because I find that hard to believe. I mean, so everybody makes that joke about like you somebody plays fortunate son behind is is the 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 title track for a helicopter landing in vietnam they fucking mm-hmm. play fortunate son like come on guys like yeah yeah what the hell mm-hmm. so it, it, that that kind of thing like it's so small but it's such a makes such a big impact on your on your experience and 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 again like kyle said like it sets the tone and and james gunn is very good at doing that i mean every every one of us has at least listened to Guardians of the Galaxy Volume One or Volume Two, the the mm-hmm. soundtrack. Again, not vinyl. because yeah, not because those songs are amazing or anything. It just like they're so 
ex- it's so it's so much better crafted. It's not a bunch of people in exact in a, a bunch of execs in a boardroom saying like here are the most popular songs from 1984. You know exactly yeah. exactly. Um, so let's move move right along. Um, where did you think the movie might have missed the mark, or what what parts of the movie didn't sit as well with you um, compared to? the last three or four years of superhero movie releases. Uh, Matt, if you want to kick us off. Oh, Todd, no, go go for it. I would love to just say mine real quick. (laughs) Yeah. Um, The, the only like, or at least the main critique I had of this movie was obviously there was this tone of like government, bad government did the bad American government did the bad thing. And like, I completely get like, I love the idea of, you know, make the government, the shadowy government, the bad people, but I felt like it was really heavy, like, like bash you in the face with how bad the American government is, which like, trust me, I'm not going to like ever put myself up for the American government. But there were just there were just, I don't know, one or two many times that it was like, well, that's the American government for you. And like, in one hand, I get it. You did it. I got it. But it was just enough times that I was like, yeah, yeah, no, I get it. It sucks. Like, it, it sucks. I Keep going. Had had James Gunn not been in charge of this movie, yeah. the words deep state would have appeared in the script more than once. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Which, I mean, again, like, I, I get what they were doing, and that mm-hmm. was, like, the big bad, and it's totally right. The story's great. But it was just, it started with, like, uh, Peacemaker and uh, Bloodsport's attack on, like, the on the Freedom Fighters. And it was like, well, you Americans always come in and do this. It's like, yeah, they do. And that sucks. <laughs> like, it was it was just enough times that I was like, okay. I got it. If I'm going to critique something, that was it. Also, they put Pete Davidson in this movie. They shouldn't have done that. <laughs> I, I I disagree. I I Man. loved Pete Davidson's like death cameo. Um, I I would have liked to have seen. I feel like the the U.S. made Starro this other country's problem mm-hmm. would have hit harder had they not like you said, drilled into the, like, America bad earlier in the movie. Because um, mm-hmm. I did like that. I liked that aspect of oh, it. Oh, yeah. Um, Matt, what did you think? Yeah, I had a couple of complaints that certainly weren't major, because, like, overall, I really enjoyed the movie. Um, I was ready for everyone to die. However, I would have liked one more scene with like the first team that all got murked on the beach just to mm. make those deaths feel like, I don't know, like a little bit more of like who I knew the, who the fuck these people were like Mongal didn't yeah. even have a line. Like she just jumped on a helicopter and exploded. <laughs> I, I got, I got the bird flag and then screaming yeah. and then burning. And I, I kind of thought that um, captain boomerang was going to be like the Kano in the mortal Kombat movie. Like he was the Australian comedic mm. relief. And I was kind of excited for that. So like, of all of the people who died, uh, Boomer was the one who I was the most like, ah, oh, I would have taken like <laughs> 10 more minutes of that guy. Um, mm-hmm. So that was complaint one. Complaint two was the absolute slaughter of the Freedom Fighters camp. Like, yeah. they telegraphed very <laughs> yeah. early that, like, you know, Rick Flag's not in any trouble. This is a resistance fighting group. It was very clear when they picked him up in the woods that they weren't going to, like, kill this guy. And so I got the bit as they were coming up on the camp. I was like, you know, this is going to be like a peaceful camp and they're going to kill a couple of guards. And then Rick Flagg is going to come up and be like, 
what are you doing? Everything's fine. <laughs> but it went a little bit too long for me. I was like, you killed a lot of people. Like, the woman's just doing laundry and you shot her in the neck. Like, mm-hmm. uh, and I get that the whole thing there is like, these are villains. End of the day, they're villains. Doesn't matter. Villains. Villain-ass villains. And that made their turn at the end against Amanda Waller where Bloodsport is like, no, we're going to go back and save this country. Like, I guess it made it, it hit a little harder, but honestly, the whole freedom fighter resistance force plot line just felt kind of ham fisted. I didn't really need it. I didn't really care. Um, and watching, watching them just like tear apart a field of peaceful resistance fighters was a little like icky, uh, was, especially to be used for the, the, the pissing contest between um, mm-hmm. Peacemaker and Bloodsport. Yeah. Um, that could have been done with the, like, at a different scene with yep. with capital B bad guys. Um, but I get you. And then my last complaint, honestly, is, like, that Peacemaker survived the movie. I mm-hmm. knew we were going to get a Peacemaker series. I don't know much about Peacemaker. I didn't know much about Peacemaker going in, but the fact that he was basically like a government apologist cop and that like he <laughs> was the one who survived the moon, like, fuck you, man. Like, just this yeah. guy sucks. Kill him. I want him to, I want to see him die. And I, again, I get it. They're villains. That's the thing yeah. here. I really like the Suicide Squad as a story. I liked, I liked what the 2016 Suicide Squad wanted to be, not what it was. Um, so I get it, but man, fuck Peacemaker. Fuck him. <laughs> yeah, on that on that same note, I, there was a point in the movie halfway through where, and, and again, I saw The Suicide Squad before I watched Suicide Squad, so I didn't know who Rick Flagg was or have any of that mm-hmm. context. There was a part where it was like right after the bar scene, which I the bar scene actually was very good. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, the bar I think scene that, was very good. That you was guys definitely see one that, of the highlights. Um, the the woman who played Mantis is in that scene. Yeah, um, oh, Clement. Yeah. I'm not surprised. Yeah, that's cool. I like her. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, after that bar scene, when they're they're trying to get um, Peter Capaldi, it, it was like it. My brain went into a fog. It was like, how many of these are just guy with gun? And there was specifically a part where John Cena. Uh, Joel Kinnaman and Idris Elba are like in the back of a van and like kick open the door and it's like oh, our yeah. three brownie dudes yep. with guns and I'm like this is virtually indistinguishable like we did not three need three guys with the power of gun now I, <laughs> I get I get why they did that obviously with Peacemaker's flip but still like man that was a long time to get there I, I yeah I, I was kind of I was kind of done with 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 guy who shoots real good um, the the one redeeming, so I agree. Now that you now that you mentioned that that scene uh, when they all walk out and they're all the the starting load up screen for Call of Duty is what that <laughs> was. Um, the the one redeeming for that that moment was them breaking out of that car um, when like Idris Elba is doing his like you know it's the it's the punch that you can kill someone in one hit and they're like that well that's good. impossible and like yeah. the the funniest moment was I think it's. Flag that says it. It's either flag or peacemaker, but I think it's flag. He goes, he goes on one, and like they just say one, <laughs> and they one. do it. Yeah. yeah, and like to me that I, I was like, all right, how are how are our quote heroes gonna get out of this moment? And like you said, it's it's guys with gun. Their power is gun. And the one moment that they got to all shine in that hand to hand combat, 
was a very cool moment. Mm-hmm. And I agree. I was like, they did it. They checked the box. And then they did the walking out thing. And I was like, oh, that's right. Guys with gun. Yeah. Like, I get, okay. That scene to me is Warner was Warner Brothers. Like that was their one. That was their like, you got to mm-hmm. give us the Call of Duty loading, loading screen. Yeah. Yeah. If you mm-hmm. give us nothing else. And he's like, fine. And and I was and I'll be clear. I was back in once they got to Jotunheim because then it was yeah. like, oh, Bloodsport's basically Boba Fett. Like, OK, that's yeah. cool. That's yeah. fine. I, I accept that. Him using his pulling weapons off of his armor. Is yeah. the coolest thing. Yeah. Like I, very good design. Yeah. Do you guys remember anyway. the the um nerf guns that were really popular that you could combine <laughs> all the nerf guns together into a bigger nerf gun? <laughs> yeah. make a That's all I thought about one sport, that whole scene. Mm-hmm. Um we're we're not talking about Suicide Squad's tie-in with Nerf today, Matt. Um, <laughs> I I agree with most with you know most of what you guys said. The only one I would add to my list of dislikes, and it's just a personal preference, is um Margot Robbie's Brooklyn accent is real bad, guys. <laughs> it's real bad. Is, is it, it is it the, worse than the one that I, I did five minutes is, ago? Is it in all the, all three movies? Is it that bad in, in Birds of I Prey think and her, Suicide Squad? Okay, can I defend this real quick? I think her Brooklyn accent is bad. I think her Harley Quinn accent is good. That's yeah, I would agree. I mean, that's Harley Quinn. Like Harley Quinn in everything is a bad Brooklyn accent. Like that's the I point. Know. Yeah. <laughs> also, she's Australian. Kyle, cut her some slack. <laughs> I I know it's a it's a nitpicky thing, but when like it was it was right when she started talking again at the movie, I was like, ah, oh, she's doing the accent still. I really like it. I think it's, yeah, I I think dig it's it. fun and silly. I don't know. All right, I'll I'll die alone on my on my rock then. <laughs> um, so so that's our those are our thoughts on the the new movie. Um, we'll come back after the break here and compare it to the old movie and talk about our. Our hopes and dreams for the DCCU um, based off of 2021, The Suicide Squad. Uh, but we will take a quick break first. Hi, I'm Eric. I'm Amanda. And we are House Breakfast, your new favorite Twitch stream that you should definitely be following. Here's the thing. Uh, you can eat breakfast anytime, and we want everybody to know that. And you can also play video games in a low-stakes, fun way with a really wholesome chat every Tuesday and Saturday. We're partners in life, love, and podcasting, and that now includes streaming, because everyone needs to learn how to stream in 2021. But playing games that we played on our N64 and PlayStation 2 and GameCube is soothing, and I think the one thing that might make all of this just kind of slightly better. We really like Pokemon and Mario. You're just going to have to deal with that. So find us at twitch.tv slash housebreakfast. And follow us on Twitter at housebreakfast underscore. House breakfast, because you can eat breakfast anytime. <laughs> that was pretty good. I like that. Was I like good. that too. Good that job. Good. good job. All right. We're back. Um, so we're just going to, this part's going to be a little more, a little less structured, a little more free. Um, we're going to compare uh the Suicide Squad to Suicide Squad and um, those of us who've seen it at least and talk about maybe what where the new movie hit that the old movie missed and um, and things like that. So Kyle, uh, may I start because it is fresh on my mind. <laughs> please, Andrew, you're you're gonna explode uh, if you don't get Get I gotta talk about this movie. Squad out of your head, <laughs> much like much like polka dots, I have to vomit out Suicide Squad. <laughs> Otherwise, I will explode in an intergalactic virus. Yeah. Um. So so speaking of intergalactic viruses, um, I think the big takeaway for me, 
in, in comparing the two movies is this movie, I'm going to say this, The Suicide Squad, a.k.a. The Suicide Squad colon A Realm Reborn had to happen in order to... <laughs> that was a Final <laughs> Fantasy XIV reference. Um, this... This, much like Final Fantasy XIV, had to blow up and start again. This movie, The Suicide Squad, had to blow up the original and start over. And I think this is the def- this is now the definitive Suicide Squad. Mm-hmm. And and when you look at the two, it does everything right. Most of the things right that Suicide that the original did not. The group dynamic. That was most my biggest observation. Was like this. Yep. Doing everything. That- right that the original did wrong because the wrong because the 2016 one had a lot of good pieces on yeah. paper should have worked and yep. it didn't and then this uh, one think did. about look at the characters right we said like Bloodsport is is basically low rent deadshot we can't use deadshot unfortunately deadshot arguably like a cooler character we can't use deadshot so here's what we would have done had we been able to use deadshot right mm-hmm. Idris Elba I lo- everything that you just saw is, is great. And and not mm-hmm. to say like Will Smith wasn't good. Will the writing for Will Smith's character was so laughably bad. Um I was texting <laughs> the guys while watching it and it's like literally a line is like every time I wear this somebody dies. I like wearing this. <laughs> Fuck you, man. I I I sent that with a with a gif of uh Shadow the Hedgehog with gun. <laughs> just like god damn it. Um so the the version we talked a lot about Bloodsport and Deadshot. I think they did that better. They they fixed that the the leader character, quote unquote. Um, Harley Quinn. Harley Quinn originally was intended to be the like the tragic backstory. We, they, the audience, the studio wants us to feel bad for for Harley Quinn. Harley Quinn d- made all those decisions, right? Like she did that of her own sound mind. There is there is other things going on with that character. The world, her her problems are are not. We're not done to her. It's deeper than that. Like, and that her, her that whole thing doesn't cent- start with the Joker. That is the central thesis behind Birds of Prey, if I'm not mistaken. Is she takes she takes back ownership of of everything yeah. and yeah. has that like, yeah, I do, I do the the bad stuff. That's who I am. I'm not going to yeah. apologize for any of it, kind of thing. And and, um, and again, like I said earlier, like I like that. I, I like that. Mm-hmm. I think she's she's just let her be a fun character, right? She goes off and does her own thing. She has a she does she goes on a murder rampage, and it's great. It's like one of the best scenes. Um, and and let's leave the emotional stuff to a different character who actually has a tragic backstory, i.e., Ratcatcher, right? So we, like I said before, we funneled all of that emotional family ties develop into one character. Um, we haven't talked a lot about King Shark, which like, obviously King Shark was the Groot stand-in, right? Like, yeah, you know. But but also like, there's your Killer Croc. Like Killer Croc. Like, what the fuck was Killer Croc even doing in Suicide Squad 2016? Like he nothing. He was boring. Right. Tech tech demo for the CGI and exactly. muscle yeah. when plot needed muscle. Yeah, yep. exactly mm-hmm. the plot muscle. So King Shark. I think King Shark had exactly the right amount of scenes. I did not want more King Shark. That was plenty of King Shark. If we, if I had one more King Shark, Musini probably would have been too much. But that was that was enough. And it was like he has a little bit of lines. He's the he's the the big the big heavy, but he's also the 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 gentle giant or whatever. Fine, done. And then finally, Polka Dot Man. And you'll have to remind me who was the um the the, the fire guy, the Pyro. What was Diablo. his name? Diablo. Diablo. So we. So there, there was our like our weird character, quote unquote, right? Like again, kind of a tragic backstory, but like he was like the weird character with the chaotic powers. I mean, Polka Dot Man was so much 
better a, a fitting of that trope and like you didn't really need to feel bad for him again like something was done to him sure but you didn't like, really need to feel bad for him it was just kind of like fun you know like we don't need to we don't need to hear see how he like murdered his whole family by accident you know what i mean like come on <laughs> like that's yeah. just like unnecessarily dark um yeah i think like just generally like all of the the transition the, the versions of those characters and then of course we haven't talked at all about amanda waller amanda waller the so the much improvements better. like having amanda waller waller be an unapologetically bad person yes mm-hmm. amazing mm-hmm. that's and ha- no i'm more familiar with like being more familiar with that character is more more true to the source like amanda right. waller is is ruthless and will and, will do anything like is that yeah. will do anything for the mission character and that's what we saw and, and that was great i loved it and having people react to that that is not mm-hmm. just like anonymous mm-hmm. five-star generals who's, who's like blah, 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 pentagon blah 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 you know that 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 was what that character also needed mm-hmm. yeah i would agree with a lot of that i mean i've seen the i've seen suicide squad uh it's 2016 a bunch of times and every time I see it, I want it to be good. And I hope that I find some new redeemable thing in it. And I never do. I never, ever do. And it's because it's just a bad movie. And they had a lot of pieces that they could have done a lot with. And they just chose not to. And I think that, mm-hmm. like Andrew said, we fixed a lot of those things. Biggest being we used the characters for things other than plot devices. Because... The the one argument I've heard against 2021 Suicide Squad is, well, there's no real plot. None of the characters matter. And I think that that's the point. I think that's what makes 2021 Suicide Squad work. Whereas in 2016 Suicide Squad, it was like, everybody matters. Everybody's got some plot detail. And like it, the whole thing of 2016 Suicide Squad was we had two characters in Harley Quinn and June Moon who are basically just damsels in distress through the whole goddamn movie, which isn't fun and it's not good. Um, And so like not having Rick flag be on this mission to try and save his girlfriend. Great change. Putting Harley Quinn in like the, the Harley Quinn jacket and pants combo, the like cool princess dress with the shit kicking boots. Like the, the punk princess in, a ball gown and Doc Martens is a personal favorite. Like (laughs) (laughs) exactly your shit. (laughs) Yeah, exactly my shit, but it's so much better than like the fucking trash outfits from 2016 suicide squad, the the fishnets and booty shorts, because it was just, it was just fan service. Right. Um, And like the, the 2016 suicide squad, the end goal was to get every character to turn and make you fall in love with everybody and value Diablo's sacrifice and appreciate Killer Croc for who he is. And Will Smith is a good dad. And like, who fucking cares? cares? They're villains. (laughs) They murdered a village of resistance fighters. Let them die. They don't need to be redeemed. Mm -hmm. Um, And so like, you know, Bloodsport turning into like, I'm going to do this, but then stay the fuck out of my life is good. And Ratcatcher, like, standing up for herself, but not, like, you know, saving the world, just killing the big bad. Like, it just, 
the Suicide Squad is supposed to be a bunch of expendable losers, and that's what this movie was. And it was fun to watch expendable losers do cool things and die. Where in the 2016 movie, it was like, let's try and make you fall in love with five characters you've never heard of before and are also supposed to hate. And it was bad. Well, to even add to that, you you know, you said there at the end, like, the they don't try and redeem anyone except for in the one moment where Bloodsport's like, no, we're going to do this. Like, yeah. like we're and like, good. You know, I think they needed a hint of yeah. that. But even there at the end, once he had the data that shows the government was doing shitty stuff, they didn't leak it online. He kept it on a private server and was like, hey, leave us the fuck alone. Yeah, he uses blackmail. It's yeah. yeah, he's like. He's like, we are we are walking away, and if you ever do anything about that, then we'll leak it. But it wasn't like, you know, altruism will have me mm-hmm. share this with the press, be damned of the consequences. It was like, no, 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 we, we are selfishly, like, we're taking what we deserve, and like, fuck you, and like, just leave us alone. Which, like, like you said, I, that is what I appreciated about this. They, <laughs> this, so Suicide Squad... 2021 understood the homework like they they paid attention to the directions they got the assignment yeah they figured it out and it was it was exactly what it needed to be and like this is one of those times where obviously with content this heavy which is like a bunch of murderers um being a team to supposedly do some good that they joked their way through it and it was a delightful watch now thinking about like the comparison to what we might ultimately get with the Thunderbolts or, you know, the dark Avengers or whatever in the MCU, I'll be interested, interested to see how they balance that because obviously the MCU has always been lighter than DC and that's, what's made it work. And I don't think the MCU could do the assignment with their bad guys and be lighter than what this was. And I wonder if that won't be one where they try and even like, turn into it more and maybe go darker and try and make a different but similar and you know movie of this caliber so i'll just be i'm just i i see what they did on this and i think they did well because they obviously did not do it well in 2016 and i'm curious to see how the the movies that follow this will build or change um and i'll i'll wrap up this this section with um more gen like a general thought um, 2016 Suicide Squad still suffered from the thing Warner Brothers was was in hot water for for a little while, which was just every movie apologized for being a comic book movie, and this and 2016 tu- Suicide Squad was still doing that, um, albeit it was less like we're gonna make it gritty and real, uh, but and instead apologized by making it hot topic we are get like you want superheroes you're getting hot topic superheroes because that's what our data shows will sell merchandise and and if you want it you'll you'll take it and you'll shut up and it wasn't good it was very felt very fake very like again sorry this is a comic book movie if that's not your bag here's at least a hot topic line that you might like um and this wasn't. This was very unapologetically weird and fun. And and then I think the other thing, and this touches on some of what Todd said, that um, this was art rated R. And it leaned into that without doing the like 
tell an off-color joke every five minutes, but instead, like... They murdered let, resistance fighters. Instead. They murdered resistance <laughs> fighters. There was, you know, there were bloody consequences for their actions on occasion. And it it felt, again, like I said before, more its own thing and not trying to be not trying to sell you something, not trying to apologize for what it is. It leaned into it, a movie about supervillains and let them be supervillains. And it was, it was much more a good time than before. And I hope is the lesson DC learns from this, which they never seem to learn any lessons, but that brings us to our final topic for today. Um, What are your predictions slash hopes fears dreams for the dccu going forward from this movie todd is raising his hand and pointing to himself uh todd yeah i'll i'll even i'll raise my hand in the call so you have to call on me um (laughs) hey i work in online education um real quick one thing i forgot to say about the old movie sorry it was so bad that one day how me bad and one was my, it <laughs> uh one day we and me and one of my coworkers, when it came out i worked at a different university and it was summer break on a friday afternoon and we sat down in his office just to watch it instead of doing real work like we were going to answer emails and watch this movie and 30 minutes into it i said never mind i'm going back to my office to do actual work because <laughs> i don't want to watch this i i worked with i worked with people that were vermintly trying to defend that movie and i I, you don't need that kind of negativity in your life kyle i couldn't couldn't take them seriously as co-workers anymore after it It all right so 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 where this goes from here so we already mentioned that you know john cena is getting his peacemaker short run series in i believe january it's already been filmed it's it's in post right now um Real quick, without looking, I don't know if you guys have IMDb open as we do. Do you know how many DCCU movies are coming out in 2022? More than I care to know. Definitely yeah. more than I'm I not, want there to be. I'm, I'm not going to like the number. I'm going to guess five. Eight. Okay. So Matt was closer, okay. um, though Price is Right rules you both lose. It's four okay. that okay. I know of. Um, man, why doesn't this hand go down? This sucks. I'm like learning stupid. Um, anyway, so there are four. There are currently stated four DCCU movies in 2022. Um, and to list them, you have The Batman with with Robert Pattinson. With Pat. <laughs> yeah. Which looks uh, really good. Really I'm, good, man. I'm in for it. I'm I'll here hold, for it. I'll, I'll hold my breath. Um, and then... The legends have foretold a Black Adam movie is coming, and it's coming in 2022. Fun fact, do you know who one of the supporting actors is in Black Adam? Oh, you don't know? Anyway, it's Pierce Brosnan. Pierce Brosnan <laughs> is going to be in that movie as Dr. Fate. You know, the guy who wears the helmet? Anyway. Oh, um, and then the other two movies, which it's okay if you don't know this, uh, Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. Then the fourth and final movie slated for 2022 is the Flash movie. Um, it's mm-hmm. supposed to come out in November, and it is rumored that they'll be doing the Flashpoint storyline, which is effectively the we fuck up the timeline and it blowing starts up, new. Blowing up the timeline to start over. Yeah. So so here's here's what I'm saying. So I don't know how much this actually plays into the future, but obviously this movie, I mean, I've not read, but I'm assuming it's done well. It is a fun movie. It is a good movie. And so my my thought is that there's no reason to not continue whatever they're doing. And so what I'm guessing is for the Suicide Squad, 
itself, I think we'll continue to see more. I don't know why you don't continue to do this and like make it fun, make it easy. Like it's easy to consume media. This is their opportunity to have that. This, this can come out, this movie can come out in perpetuity. Um, Mm -hmm, If an actor mm -hmm. wants out, it's very easy to write them out. If a new, if someone only wants, if you want to get a really good get that you can only get for one movie, you've got, you've got the perfect in and out for them in one movie. Um, much like we said, Loki could be Owen Wilson and Tom Hiddleston time cops forever and ever. Mm-hmm. A Suicide Squad movie could come out every four years and it wouldn't, wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. Yeah, they only need, honestly, well, I would, I was going to say they only need a character or two to stay on to be consistent. But even then, scrap the whole thing. Start anew. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Um, but my point was going to be that it was it was stated that the initial plot of this movie was going to involve a not a mind controlled Superman, but like an evil clone Superman, like a high powered individual that they were going to be hunting, which makes sense as to why they had Bloodsport, the guy that put Superman in the ICU. Because that's um, the the Suicide Squad game that's coming out or came is out. That. Is that. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think and that's probably why they leaned away from that is that that's too close to what they were doing there. Um, but anyway, my point being that we are about to see the DC universe maybe try to grow in some different ways, knowing that a year and a half from now, they have the opportunity to like level set and say, OK, what's worked? What's not? What do we want to start this new universe in? The only person that has to stick around is Ezra Miller. And like, we'll just build off of that. And so my hope is that we continue to see the Suicide Squad my hope is that we don't continue to see Peacemaker. I'm good with him being done after his short run series. And my hope is that we get to see a lot more King Shark because I really liked King Shark and that was fun. And my hope, I guess, in the end is that we actually see the slash a Suicide Squad interact with one of the Justice League in some capacity like that would be my hope because the thought of them actually like Superman showing up and being like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> like I'm Superman and, and, and you're a man with gun. <laughs> like I'm, get out of here. The, the bad news I have for you, Todd, is I think we will see peacemaker as long as John Cena wants to play the character because like, John Cena puts butts yeah, in seats. He does. Like, he does. Um, yeah, hey, I, real quick, I, yeah. uh, just a quick errata. So the suicide, suicide squad game, was originally announced a long time ago before the first movie, they, alongside the Arkham Origins. Mm. This was Rocksteady. That was canceled, but it has since been resurfaced. Rocksteady Studios announced la- end of last year that they're re they're re- they're kind of redoing it called Suicide Squad: Colon Kill the Justice League. That is so far mm. rumored to be coming out next year, twenty twenty two. Gotcha. Okay. That's the gameplay trailer that I saw yes, last yes. year during, I think it was DC Fandom that that came out. Um, that that it looks like it's being marketed kind of like Borderlands is what it yeah. is, the, the energy gotcha. that I got from it. Yeah, and gotcha. Tara Strong, uh, who is Miss Minutes, um, does the voice of Harley Quinn, who was the original, I believe oh, the original that's pretty cool. yep. Harley Quinn. The or maybe like the second Do- one. Do we think that this Suicide Squad game will be better than the Avengers game, even though the Avengers game literally had... 15 years I, to get it right as someone who played one hour of the avengers game i say unequivocally yes it's a low bar to <laughs> climb over it's like a low, yeah. very low now bar. 
Now, to be fair, it might not be as good as the Guardians of the Galaxy game, which is being produced by Square Enix, which looks a lot better, to be fair. Okay. Um, but yeah, that's my that's my hopes and predictions that, you know, we continue to see this equation honed in and that ultimately we do get to see an interaction of a slash some of the Suicide Squad with an actual, you know, member of the Justice League. Nice. Um, so here's my hot take, and I said it to Andrew when we left the theater the other night. I don't think DC should do a connected universe anymore. Mm. There's that. I really Fair. liked this Suicide Squad movie. Give me 15 more bottle movies that don't connect to each other, and I'll see all 15 of them. Keep trying to tie them together, and I'm not coming back. Um, and, you know, like... I know that what the MCU did is really great and I love it and it's become my entire personality in the last <laughs> 10 years and that's fine. But I think it's lightning in a bottle. Now. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I don't think that everything needs to be a connected universe. It just doesn't. Movies can stand on their own. And this Suicide Squad movie was really fun to watch on its own. I would love to see DC make movies and and like nail their castings harley quinn stays as margot robbie hopefully our pad is good as batman like you keep the people around but you don't have to connect all of the movies you know you get a one-line nod here or there but like they're just comic book stories they exist on their own and i think that that's a lot better and so my hope and prediction going forward is that like yeah, maybe eventually we get a Suicide Squad Justice League movie, but that they just kind of like show up, you know, like I don't need I don't need 10 movies to give me everybody's origin story to lead up to a giant Henry Cavill punches Margot Robbie in the stomach. Like, I don't I don't need that. The and I'll I will sing the praises of the DC animated universe until the end of time. Um, the thing the DC Animated Universe did really well that I think the movies should adopt is that the universes were the universe was connected. It was a big, you know, shared universe in that when characters appeared across the different shows, they were consistent. Superman was always voiced by the same person. Batman was always, the, you know, Batman was the same person. Um, the characterization was consistent, but... When those characters showed up, it was it was a cameo. It was a fun, like, Superman's mm -hmm. in this episode. And that's it. It wasn't, it didn't tie back to the, like, the Superman's appearance in Batman didn't tie back to the Superman cartoon. It was just like, oh, oh Bruce, my, my villain ran away from Metropolis and came here to Gotham. And I'm here to, to, here to <laughs> recruit you to help me stop him. And that was it. And if... If that's all the more tied the movies are going forward, that would be fantastic. Like, keep keep bringing Margot Robbie back for for cameos, but like, we don't need this big interconnected serial that Marvel has done because Marvel is doing that. They've got they've got that market. <coughs> um, tell tell these one offs. Matt Matt earlier said that 2016 Suicide Squad was. Uh, not redeemable and i do want to bring up one thing one very minor thing that i noticed jared leto's joker <laughs> 
<laughs> no wait time out stop hang on wait, wait first wait, stop wait. stop let no i want to i just want to set i want to set the stage here real quick uh-huh. you you preference jared leto's joker which yep. you're going to talk about yep. as one small thing yeah and i feel like it's not and so now i want to know what the rest of your sentence is it's not good uh jared leto's joker has me really excited for morbius <laughs> couldn't get through oh. it uh, i couldn't get through it um oh my god i don't know i got nothing else to say jared leto sucks okay. <laughs> I, real quick to what matt and kyle said so i know my my take here on the predictions was like hoping to see a cool like mashup at some point and i will add that i only want that if it's handled delicately and We've been burnt so many times to know that the DCCU is not handling things delicately. So I would certainly say take everything that I said and combine with what you all said that I am certainly fine with that DC, you know, Suicide Squad versus Justice League movie. As long as no one's trying to weave intricate plot lines that lead to why they're there. Yeah. Like I, I only want that movie if like the actors and actresses want to be there to do it. Not because it was part of a strategic plan for 20 years, because I think you made a really good point that Marvel has handled things pretty delicately, and that is their intention, whereas DC tried to hit the ground in a full sprint to the Justice League instead of a slow, calculated walk. So at this point, like, they want to tell a cohesive story, tell a cohesive story. I'm cool, like you said, Matt, with the bottled episodes. Like, give me a bottled story, take the first 10 minutes to set up what's happening there, and just let us have fun. Yeah, I want to get my my voice in here one more time. And that Captain Boomerang line of what are you doing back in prison? Os is like, that's all the more I ever need of connectivity yep. from a DC yep. movie is like, that's- give me one sentence of how we got from the last movie to this movie. And I do not give a shit about anything else. Um, My my quick to like to that point, my quick how I want to see the connectivity laid out is I want I want the Batman to come out and then I don't want to see Robert Pattinson until the next Batman movie and then Mm. maybe start putting him in cameos. That's, that's how slowly I want the connectivity to, to start creeping back in. Um, Because like Todd said, they man of steel came out and the next movie was Batman versus Superman. We didn't get, we didn't get to meet, Ben Affleck's Batman. He he was forced into our lives. And um we and from there it only ramped up. And please, DC, I know you're listening to Warner Brothers, I know you're listening to this podcast. <laughs> Pump the brakes. Make good movies. If you make it, they will come. Just make good movies and make people like your property again. And then and then spin off your your massive universe. I think there is a lot to be said about the fact that more people have played Batman than there have been an individual solo line of movies in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Like, not counting animated voices, nine different people have been... Batman. And so DC keeps trying to tie together a connected universe and they can't get a mainstay actor to last more than like a movie 
maybe two, with the exception two. of Christian Bale, who did three, and Adam West, who was TV's Batman. Like, just, just rain it the fuck in, you guys. <laughs> like, just yeah. give pick a, pick a series, do a trilogy, move on. That's it. Matt, how ma- you're our James Bond expert. How many James Bonds have there been? Uh, Com- 11, I think. That's still, that's not as far off from nine Batmans as I thought it would be. Yeah. If we're being honest. No, I was wrong. I was wrong. There are seven. There have been less there James Bond than there have been Batmans. That's, That's an issue. Yeah, there are tech. Technically, there are eight because there's one James Bond that like super doesn't count. But yeah, there are less James Bonds than there have been Batmans. And Doctor No came out in 1962. So I was well, and and Batman's got about 20 or 30 years on James Bond. But that's still ridiculous, considering James Bond was like the gold standard for too many actors have played James Bond. Yeah, um, I guess that's seven. That seven counts everybody because David Niven is in that. And David Niven, like, super doesn't count. So there you go. <laughs> Which one was David Niven in? Uh, he only played one. Um, and it was like the non Eon film. It was the original Casino Royale from 67. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Thanks for listening to Debate This. You can follow along with the arguments on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at DebateThisCast or on our website at DebateThisCast.com. You want more Debate This content, but you hate missing that uh, You hate missing that Tuesday we take off? We don't really take it off. Um, we put out a special episode for our uh, Patreon content. So if you subscribe to our Patreon for just $5, you can unlock the fourth Tuesday. Um, And doing that will also let you get nerdy with us in our Patreon-only Discord, where we talk about um, spoilers for new shows as they come out. We share memes, and we have a a very blursed Cursed Images page um, just to, if you want to punish your eye holes um, first thing in the morning like we all do. So until next time, I am Kyle Harper. I'm Matt. That's not a suicide squad. That's the suicide squad, Cole. I'm Todd. Andy Serkis is in the upcoming The Batman movie. What role is he playing? Alfred Pennyworth. Thomas. And I'm Andrew. What are we? Some kind of The Suicide Squad, a James Gunn film? (laughs) Henderson. And we're saying thanks for debating with us. And if you think we're wrong, you can come fight us behind the swing sets, nerds. 